Welcome back for the week three square scare and prayer segment. To give you a refresher, our square players, you must start them. Our scare players, consider your options because you might want to bench them this week. And our prayer players, it's a guy on your bench that you should consider starting if you're in a pinch or maybe a fly that you could get off the waiver wire. I'm joined by my colleague, Jay Perry, at Perry underscore FF on Twitter, my good friend here who will be substituting for Timmy this week, who is out of town. But we're happy to have you. Jake, are you ready to get right into it this week with your first square? Yeah, let's do it. My square, I'm going to start off hot with Hollywood Brown. You know, Hollywood, he's been a little bit of a disappointment to a lot of people. People really thought he was going to walk into Arizona and just, you know, command a huge target share, be the guy while D-Hop is out. And that hasn't necessarily been entirely the case, but it also, as we were about to see, hasn't really not been the case either. He's still top 20 in football in total targets, 100% route participation so far, four red zone targets, sixth in football in deep targets. It's almost impossible, in my opinion, for him to not have a breakout here. And this is a Rams team that's given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. What better week for Hollywood to have that breakout than right now? Yeah, uh, and it's surprising. I mean, week two, I mean, you got up to 11 targets. You really can't ask for more than that from a player. It might not have seen yeah. as much in the box score because he didn't have a touchdown like he had in week one. But really, from a volume perspective, he still is kind of a lone guy there. I mean, Hollywood Brown as a wide receiver, three or flex, is, he's got to be in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Greg Dortch is fun. It's fun to be able to throw him as, in a flex just because you need somebody if you're that desperate. But he's not a, an impactful piece in this offense. You know, really, Ertz is the only other guy who's really commanding any meaningful targets right now and is really going to impact Hollywood's performance. And it's a Rams team that really can shut down the tight end if they want to. Again, I just don't see any reason that Hollywood can't have that breakout week this week. And where I do have him, he's instantly in my lineup, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, I mean, and to add to it, there might be some concerns with what version of James Conner we're going to get this week. Mm -hmm. And maybe that uh, impacts the game plan a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think either of the backup running backs are really all that inspiring in terms of talent. You know, they, they can play football. They're, they're football players, but... You know, they're not a James Conner who really can take over a game. You know, he's going to take a lot of those red zone touches. He's going to be the one scoring the touchdowns. And I don't see, you know, I don't see Williams doing that. I don't see Benjamin doing that. It's just not, it's not exciting. And they're already targeting Hollywood plenty in the red zone. He's got four red zone targets, like I said. He's he's bound to to have that breakout week. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he has a couple touchdowns this week. He's got that much potential against this Rams team. Yeah. Love the call. So moving forward, I'm going to give my square of the week. It was recommended to me like three or four times by our most loyal subscriber. Uh, you know who you are. So I'm going to jump in and my square for the week is going to be Kyle Pitts. I know after two weeks, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of people who are who are panicking a little bit because you spent third or fourth round draft capital. And I'm here to tell you it's week three and it's too early in my opinion to panic. Kyle Pitts has to be in your lineup. He's playing against Seattle, who has allowed the eighth most receptions to, to tight ends so far this season. They're one of only three teams who have allowed multiple touchdowns to the tight ends thus far. Kyle Pitts has a 17% team target share thus far, and there's that's still top 12 in the NFL in that department. So when we're talking about trying to identify tight ends here that are going to finish in the top 12, Kyle Pitts surely has to be a top candidate to do so. Uh, surely, I would think after all of the backlash they've gotten over the last week, they'd like to get him uh, incorporated more into the game plan. Of course, that is rational coaching, which sometimes doesn't always come to fruition. But I would like to think that the player you spent your third round pick on, who is still demanding a top 
team target share from his position relative to the league, albeit disappointing to what our expectations were for Kyle Pitts. You got to keep him in your lineup, at least for now. I, there's very, very few names that I'm starting over Kyle Pitts this week. I think it's there's less than five tight ends that I would consider in that spot. I'm, I'm still keeping him in my lineups. Yeah, he's been, I have a lot of him in, in redraft this year and he, he has been obviously, you know, a bit of a disappointment so far, but I mean, the usage is, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. You know, I don't think Kyle Pitts should probably ever be blocking. I think he should be a wide receiver at playing the tight end designation, but he's fifth in air yards, third in air yard share, second in dot, third in deep targets. Like he's getting the targets that eventually something's going to happen. You know, you can't continue to get high value targets like that and be as good of a player as he is and continue just disappointing week in and week in and week out. Completely agree. So before we move to our scares for week three, we're going to do our little accountability segment where I review very quickly what we did last week, where our criteria was for our, our squares and our prayers were that they finished top 36 for wide receiver, 24 for running back, top 12 at tight end or quarterback, and scare you were outside those marks. So last week as a team, we were three and three. It wasn't our best week here. Um, that puts me at five and one on the season, and it puts Timmy at three and three on the season. Now last week, Timmy was on the hook for our one error on the week. He's not here to defend himself, so I'm going to jump in it where my scare, which I got wrong, was James Robinson and where I find the scare segment, it's the hardest to get really because we're trying to identify a player who's inside the top 24 consideration at running back who's going to finish outside the top 24. Right. And, you know, I don't hate the process that put me at James Robinson, but really, um, you know, James Robinson is obviously has the trust of the Jacksonville Jaguars um, and the game script surprised me i didn't expect them to win by that much and it really went in james robinson's favor uh, i think brighter days are ahead for travis Etienne, but the lesson i learned is just to stop doubting james robinson um you know travis Etienne does have around 10 percent team target share to james robinson's about five and a half uh, but james robinson has seen 34 touches to travis Etienne's 13 and he has all three touchdowns so important areas of the field they are trusting james robinson and you know i'm comfortable putting James Robinson the rest of the season as an RB2 flex type player. Um, and, you know, Travis Etienne is maybe an RB3 or a second flex. And if it's a game script, we do expect him behind. Maybe we can bank on him and that team target share, assuming they do pass more. But I got it wrong. And, you know, I'm here to say that I did so. So we're going to move forward and we're going to hit you with our scares this week. And hopefully we get them right because Jake is, uh, he's counting for Tim. So, Hopefully, hopefully you hit him right. So hit us with your scare this week. Sorry to do this to you, Timmy. My scare this week is Derrick Henry, which is a spicy one. You know, we we all were drafting Derrick Henry. We thought he would, you know, come back. He looked solid in the playoffs, in my opinion, and we all thought he would come back. And I'm very heavily invested in him, much to my dismay so far. The, the man just hasn't looked good so far. He's basically made his entire career in the NFL being a rushing yards over expected monster, consistently being one of the top rushers in that category. He's currently sitting at dead last in football in that category um, via next-gen stats. He just looks slower. That offensive line already was underperforming, and Taylor Lewan looking like he might be out for the rest of the year definitely doesn't Again. bode well for him. Yeah, it's just and with with potentially, you know, we, we haven't really heard a whole lot about it, which is 
making me think it's probably a reoccurrence of his, his torn ACL. Um, but you know, that still remains to be seen. Henry also was already showing decreased efficiency last year. He's really just showing it again this year. And I think this is a high power, you know, a Raiders team that can be a very high powered offense. And we know the Titans want to run the ball even when they're behind, but they're showing that they're not able to do that right now. They're going to have to figure out something. Traylon Burks also has looked too good. He's going to have to continue to get more involvement in this offense and just, Overall, it's just been a down year for this Titans team to start off and Henry not looking like himself even when he's on the field and carrying the ball. It, it's of major concern to me. And if I have a better option than Derrick Henry, I, I'm putting that option in. Sadly, I the way I drafted this year, I don't have a lot of better options. You know, I, I'm looking at prayers like Khalil Herbert in a lot of places, and, and I don't necessarily know if... He's a guy I'm all that confident in over Derrick Henry either, but Henry's just got too many question marks for me right now. And if I'm if I'm if I drafted enough running backs to be confident throwing somebody in there, I, I'm sitting Derrick Henry this week. Um, it's it's bold for sure. I mean, for our weekly rankings, we do have Derrick Henry as the running back seven. I'm gonna give you a few names, and you tell me if you're more confident playing him this week. Um, I'll give you three guys: David Montgomery. Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Maybe those are three guys people have after him. Are you putting all three of those guys in over Derrick Henry this week? I think the only one I would have to think about would be Clyde. But Monty against Houston, it's a it's a phenomenal matchup for a Bears team that clearly wants to run the ball. Um, you know, he's he is a guy I would definitely put in over Henry this week. Jacobs, um, as much as I don't love the guy as, as you know, a fantasy asset. He's the clear running back leader in that room. And he's, he's been productive. He's just missing out on the touchdowns that are there. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't trust Clyde to continue to be touchdown efficient. You know, Jarek McKinnon actually led the team in snaps last week, I, I believe. So, you know, Clyde is just getting by on, you know, breaking a run here and there, getting a touchdown. I don't think that sustains. And so I, I probably would start Derek over Clyde, but it's getting, way closer than I ever thought it would be in week three of this season. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, if there's one to away from this, if you took drafted Derek Henry, you're definitely a lot less confident that you were coming into the season, especially if you're Jake. Um, if Derek Henry finishes outside the top 24, I, I want you guys to go, go, go make sure you give Jake some love. Cause that, that would be a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal take. Yeah, it's it's sad to say it. I'm I in, I have him in Scott Fishbowl. I have him in As the, the you know I have him in quite a few places. Honestly, I just thought the value <clears throat> was too good to pass up. I thought he could you know overcome what he has before, but it just doesn't look like Derrick Henry right now. And that's what's I think is the most concerning part. He just doesn't look like the same running back. Yeah, the one thing I will say is he's not getting the targets. Like early last season, he was actually finally getting yep. some targets, which did give him. An, an amazing boost what was already so many touches um so we'll see we will see so my my scare for week three is going to be aj Dillon, which we have just inside our top 24 and he makes me really nervous this week he's going up against the tampa bay buccaneers who were the third best team against the running back in 2021 tampa bay so far this year they've seen They've had 32 running back rushes against them in two weeks. That has amounted to Mark Ingram is the leading running back score against them with 6.3 points. Zeke with 5.9. Tony Pollard with 4.2. Tony Jones with 4. And Washington with 1.8. 
none of those numbers get me overly excited. Um, you know, that's they're averaging that's 16 rushing attempts against them. Dylan is getting 42% of the rush running back rushes for Green Bay, which would only be seven carries this week. You know, I would expect him to, you know, on the season so far, he's had 10 every single game, but it's definitely going to be a tough matchup against Tampa Bay. This is one they're going to. You know, they're going to be in a dog fight. And if it doesn't go against their way, you could have game script against you here as well. Your best hope for Dylan is that he's going to get it through the air or that he scores a touchdown. But my only concern with that is, you know, Tampa Bay has only allowed seven rushing touchdowns in the 19 games since the start of the 2021 season. And that's tied for the second best behind only New England, who has only allowed six. So I, if he's going to have a, a top 24 week, he's going to be going against history. He's going to, he's really going to have to score or he's going to have to eat up targets. And, you know, we saw how much last week they really forced Aaron Jones back into the game plan. And where normally I do love Dylan as a very safe RB2 type play, I'm very nervous against Tampa Bay. It's just not a team that I ever feel confident playing running backs against, especially if they're not, you know, a full you know, bell cow workhorse type back. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, with the running backs that they've played so far, who've had some, some down performances against them. It's not like they haven't been, you know, respectably close games. Like this isn't the Tampa Bay offense that it was last year where they're throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. They're putting up 30, 40 points. Like they've been a, a objectively pretty bad offense so far. You know, obviously that's has to do with the entire offensive line, basically being hurt. Chris Godwin being hurt. Mike Evans is going to be suspended this week. Basically everybody on that depth chart is questionable has been, you know, missing some time at practice. Like this isn't it's so it's not like these Tampa teams are just getting out ahead and teams have to abandon the run teams are staying in games and just can't really run the ball against them. And I think that's the biggest concern for me. I think Aaron Jones is just that superior of a talent to AJ Dillon, just in general that I've, I'm already lower on AJ Dillon, but I a hundred percent agree with your, your call here. Like, I just don't see a point of putting him in my lineup. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, all those names I put up when we said, who would you start over Derek Henry? The names I probably consider starting over him. I think David Montgomery, uh, Clyde Edwards, or Josh Jacobs, even a guy like Antonio Gibson or James Robinson that we brought up earlier. They're all, it's a tough start sit type decision, but I'm, I'm definitely scared about AJ Dillon. I would consider my options. Yep. Agreed. All right. So last, my favorite part, this is where we get to have a little fun. The scare it's scary. It's tough, but this is the prayer part. So Jake, bring us home. Who's your prayer player. You are just having a great time fitting into lineups. Yep. So for me this week, it is Trevor Lawrence. You know, people were down on him after last year, but let's be honest, I don't even think we can count that as a as any NFL experience. I don't know if Urban Meyer would even consider it a year in the NFL for him. Um, but Trevor Lawrence has looked really good so far. The offensive improvements they made bringing in, you know, offensive line help, bringing in wide receivers, bringing in tight ends, you know, getting ETN back, getting James Robinson back this year has all really just helped Trevor Lawrence. Currently third in completion percentage over expected, top 10 in air yards, while being top 10 in air yards per attempt. Um, also, interestingly enough, even though he's he's throwing the ball deep down the field, he's completing really, you know, his passes at a really high rate, 12th in accuracy, or top 12 in accuracy rating, I should say. Um, Next Gen Stats has like an aggressiveness rating, basically like rating what percentage of their throws are aggressive throws. He's only sitting at like 8%, which is very low comparatively like he's not making bad decisions he's really making really good calls he's seeing the field well and he's throwing it to the right guy more often than not 
you know, and also we got to acknowledge that he has some rushing upside that I think a lot of people understate. He hasn't run a ton this year, but he's seventh in football amongst ball carriers in in red zone carries. Like he's, he's going to score a touchdown sooner or later here. It's also a 47 point implied total this week right now. So should be a high scoring game should be plenty of opportunities for him to pass the ball. Maybe even get, like we said, get one on his feet. I don't think James Robinson, James Robinson can keep scoring touchdowns at the rate that he's doing. Maybe Trevor Lawrence gets to sneak one of those out of here and works his way into being a quarterback one again. Cause he just did it last week. Yeah. I mean, if this team is going to score over 20 points, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a part of at least two touchdowns, whether it's through the ground or the air that gives you a really safe floor and puts you into consideration for a, a quarterback one, which is what we're saying here is you think he's going to sneak in as, you know, a quarterback one for the week. Yeah. And let's be honest here. It's not like quarterback is the position that we necessarily thought it was to start out the year. Like Tom Brady hasn't been startable. Really? Aaron Rodgers had a decent game, but you know, he was a lot of people's option that a lot of people were letting that top tier, you know, those top couple tiers, even of quarterbacks fall and we're snagging Rodgers in the eighth, ninth, 10th round and, and plugging him in. He's been, you know, off to a slow start. Derek, Carr hasn't necessarily lived up to the potential. We all saw Kirk, you know, Monday night, Kirk be Monday night, Kirk, like just quarterback has been a little bit disappointing and it's giving some of these younger guys, some options to sneak in there. Even some of the, you know, higher upside options, also second year quarterbacks. Like we see Trey Lance go out for the rest of the season. Unfortunately, Justin Fields hasn't been off to a good start. People thought he had top 12 upside, like quarterbacks just off to a bad start in a, in a lot of ways. And I think that gives benefit to a guy like Lawrence who has a little bit of that rushing upside is a passer first though, and has, you know, a team that's really built a good offense around him. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's an available streamer and over he's available. He is an available option over half of Yahoo leagues, ESPN leagues, sleeper leagues, one quarterback. So as far as being able to get him and get him into your lineup, you know, it should be rather easy to do. And um, I don't I don't dislike the call as a streamer for this week. I mean, we did Jameis Winston in week one and he snuck into the top 12. So hopefully we can uh, we can get another one in here for you guys. Definitely. All right. So. To round things out, I'm going to go with my prayer. Was a player that's uh, been producing a little sooner than we all thought he would, and that's Garrett Wilson for the New Jersey Jets. Um, <laughs> Garrett Wilson, he's uh, he's he's been splitting slot snaps with Corey Davis. He was in the slot more than he was um, in Week One and Week Two. And the Jets are a team that have thrown the ball 103 times in two games as underdogs in both games, which is ridiculous that's how all three of these guys have been able to eat thus far and they're playing against cincinnati uh, as underdogs in week three and cincinnati is allowed over 20 points and did not cover in both of their first two competitions so the jets are looking to be competitive like they have been in week three again and they're going to put points they're going to score a touchdown or two and they're going to get on the board and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more than maybe we would have anticipated with Joe Flacco coming into the season. Uh, Zach Wilson, this early, he's seen a 21% team target share, which is very, very solid for anyone, nevertheless a rookie, coming in um, right away. Uh, he saw three red zone targets in week one and five red zone targets in week two, and he's scored twice. Now, those are the numbers that I absolutely love to see. When you get a rookie in there, not just a rookie, anyone in there getting eight red zone targets through two games, as a wide receiver, especially coming out of the slot for half of his routes, that's that's exceptional. You know, in Cincinnati, they've they've allowed 33.4 points to the slot in week two, including 20.1 to Noah Brown, who had five receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. And I would say Garrett Wilson is much better at picking apart zones and finding soft spots than a player like Noah Brown, who all respect to Noah Brown. He's 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 played exceptional uh, to start the season. Uh, I have plenty of love for Elijah Moore, but you know, but until 
the Jets shake things up. Garrett Wilson's usage demands to be started. I like Wilson as a wide receiver 3-4 or as a flex play this week and moving forward, as I said, until his usage changes. I also like Elijah as a flex or wide receiver 3 or Corey Davis as a wide receiver 4-5 or a second flex because I think he is wide receiver 2-3 upside. We just talked about um, the slot and you know how well you can do out of it against a team like Cincinnati. So Garrett Wilson is in my lineups for sure though. Yeah, I think it's crazy to look at a rookie in Garrett Wilson and see what he's done so far. Currently uh, 13th in, in points per game per player profiler, but the man's sitting at a 44.4% red zone target share on his team. That's insane. As a rookie, he's also, and it's not like he's just getting short targets either. He's fifth in unrealized air yards too. Like there's so much that Garrett Wilson almost has done. And yeah. that, that's completely discounting everything that he's also already pulled off. Like, it's just the talent was always there. It was always clear to a lot of us, you know, who were evaluating these guys coming out that Garrett Wilson was, you know, he was always going to be in, in the conversation for one of those top wide receivers there. He's off to a really hot start. And it, it, he was on a lot of waivers this week and he's he not was. on those waivers anymore. Let me tell you. Yeah, I mean, it's we're getting spoiled again with with a class like this for rookies. We just talked about the usage Garrett Wilson's been seeing, but I got you got Drake London's been seeing he's seeing like fifty percent of his team's targets, which is unbelievable. Um, you're seeing Traylon Burks is getting finally worked in. His peripherals looking very very solid. Um, Chris Olave's peripherals are looking really really solid, whereas those two names maybe not aren't as solidified in your lineup as you know Drake London or Garrett Wilson. There's been a lot of names that have been exceptional, even Jahan Dotson in you know like around five targets per game has seen three touchdowns in two games i mean these players are coming out they're playing really well and those names i'll just mentioned if they're out there on your waiver wire they need to be on your bench at minimum and for a few of them I, i'm already comfortable putting them into my wide receiver three or flex every single week yeah guys like wilson guys like london if they're on my rosters they're playing it's it's just there's too much going <laughs> yeah. their way this early which really just goes to show that the talent was always there and you know, I think people are going to regret undervaluing this 22 class a little bit. Completely agree. And shout out Drake London for being our prayer last week as a guy to, you got to get in your lineup moving forward. And he came through for us. So with that being said, you know, I want to thank everyone who stuck through, listened to us this far. Uh, if you're not subscribed already, please do click below. Smash that like button. Yep, just like that. And, uh, you know, follow us on at JWB underscore FF on Twitter. You can find me, Jake. Our handles are right here. You can see them below. You can find everyone on our team. You can find all of our shows. We have six shows a week. And, you know, we're really appreciative of everyone. We're coming up on 420 subscribers, which is huge growth from where we were even a year ago. And, um, honestly, I'm really appreciative with everyone who stuck with us. So, that being said, we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Yeah.